What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week of Health Unscripted. Today, we are finally going to dive into part two of things that are hormone, <laughs> things that mess up our hormones that are not diet and nutrition related. So, two weeks ago, I put out a post about, you know, I don't know who needs to hear this, but your hormones aren't the reason that you can't lose weight or you can't see results, et cetera, et cetera which went into the habits that actually mess up our hormones or the things that we do in our life that actually impact our hormones. And it's those things we need to change. It's not that we need to blame our hormones on the problem because it's still the dietary choices we're making, the dietary habits we're making, and the lifestyle factors, um, the way that we're living that are affecting this. If you're watching the video, I'm so sorry. My nose is like itching me like crazy right now. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I think I'm okay. So last week or two weeks ago, we talked about all the dietary and nutritional components that affect hormones and, and what that's like. So go back to two weeks and listen to that. If you care about that, which is a huge portion, you should go back and listen to that. Last week, I dove into more of like a personal story and hitting 135 and like the hardest eight and a half pounds I've ever gained in my life. So you can hear that journey and that story of bulking and gaining weight. And it sounds crazy because, you know, who has a problem gaining weight? Like usually it's the opposite problem. Well, that's why it's a podcast episode. So this week we're going to dive into reasons your hormones are messed up, other factors that are not diet and nutrition related. Granted, some of this still has to do, oh my goodness, my nose. Some of this still has to do with consumption and I'll get into those reasons, but for the most part, it's, it's other things outside of our diet, overeating, undereating, outside of that, that also stress our body out or cause our hormones to go into fluctuation. So this week, I'm going to dive into those reasons and kind of explain why. Sorry, I was just counting. So I have eight reasons for you off the top of my head <laughs> that are also impacting your hormones. So already without even diving into this episode, you've realized, or we've realized like, okay, it's very easy for me to say like, well, my hormones are the reason why I can't lose weight. And this is the problem. But we literally had a whole nutrition and diet episode, which was over 20 minutes. And I keep these things like pretty short. So, you know, I try and talk fast. I hope you, sometimes I talk slow. I hope you guys listen to this on 1.5. I won't be offended. But now we have eight more reasons and eight other things that mess with you. And maybe some of these aren't even ones that you're really thinking about or considering. So I don't really expect this to be a super long episode, but I do want to dive into these a little bit. So we're just going to get cracking. So other reasons, other things that you are doing that are impacting your hormone health and how they're impacting your hormone health and what you can do instead. So number one is going to be having a sedentary lifestyle. So not exercising at all or not enough, having very spotty exercise. So obviously we want the feel-good hormones when we exercise. We get uh, all the endorphins that are released, happy hormones, all of that. Leading a less sedentary lifestyle is also very great for cardiovascular support and blood flow and blood pressure. And we need all of those for proper body functions in order to feel good and have everything running smoothly. Now, men, you know, not that this doesn't affect women, but it's a better example in men. I used to have this pharmacy professor in school. And we were learning about drugs and learning about conditions and the title of her presentation, I'll never forget it, which is why it's clever naming was ED is the sign of a broken heart. And what I mean by ED is erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction is a sign of a broken heart. And essentially, yes, that's funny, a play on words, but broken heart, meaning 
your blood flow and your circulation and your circulatory system is not working correctly. Like it's crap. So then you can't get the proper circulation and blood flow to your member, which you need for sexual health and function. So if we're not exercising enough, we probably do not have great cardiovascular health and you can be affected there. So obviously that's also going to affect, like I said, endorphins, neurotransmitters, dopamine release, uh, all the other things that we need for healthy testosterone levels in women and in men. So we need some exercise. You need, we need to move. And unfortunately we've become a very sedentary society because you can have anything and everything delivered to you right at your fingertips within minutes to hours at the greatest. I mean, even Amazon prime is one to two days now. Sometimes you can get it same day. It is crazy, crazy. So park in the back of the parking lot, take the stairs, go for walks. A walk a day is amazing. Steps are amazing. And try and get some exercise in and make it consistent. If you can only consistently go two days a week, realistically, don't program four days a week, program two days a week, and you'll become more consistent and have, can have a better results and program from that. Number two is actually quite the opposite. It is overtraining and how that can mess up your body and your hormones. So a lot of these things you'll hear tie back to stress on the body. Stress is so crucial to maintaining hormone health. So I'll dive into that next, but overtraining is a form of stress. And so when we're working out too much, possibly seven days a week, six days a week, we're lifting really heavy or we're running long periods of time, or we're doing a bunch of hit classes. All of this is taxing on the body, taxing on the nervous system, cortisol releasing, especially high intensity interval training, um, you know, we, we don't want to do too much of that without giving our body proper recovery time, nourishment, sleep, all of that. So if we are overtraining, this can throw your body into an extreme calorie deficit or just elevated high cortisol, which is going to do nothing good for your hormones. It's going to drive them into the gutter and production is not going to be very important. And so we're going to see possibly women, you know, skipping their periods or just, you know, really low body fat. A lot, a lot of times it's menstrual. It's, um, it's, you know, we don't even have enough hormones to have a menstrual cycle or our testosterone is so high and it becomes way androgenic that we don't see a period. So no exercise and overtraining are two other lifestyle factors that can really impact our hormones. So we make sure, make sure to have a rest day in the week. I would prefer two rest days for everybody. And yes, an active rest day can mean you still go out and get your 10,000 steps. You can still, you know, do a yoga class, like low intensity. I'm not saying hot yoga, cause that's technically not low intensity, but you're, it will actually do better for you. It's doing more harm than good by exercising so much. And I know that's going to be like a hard thing to do is take your foot off the gas pedal. Cause I was there one time, you know, I used to do fasted cardio and work out seven days a week. And I thought if I didn't, like I would gain all this weight and it would be crazy. And my body responded so much better because it actually had time to recover and rest and cortisol could come down. So overtraining, no exercising. Next, I'm just going to jump right into stress because this is a huge one. So I think I talked about this in another episode, but when we do client intake forms and consultation calls, you know, we often ask how stressed are you on a scale of one to 10? And most people pick, you know, whatever they pick based on their life stress. So work stress, deadlines, kids, finances, those kind of stressors. We don't really pay attention to under eating, overtraining, that kind of stress. So 
what I'm going to be focusing on here, because I already covered overtraining, is just the normal day-to-day stress in your life. So if we're constantly running from one thing to the next, go, go, go lifestyle, hustle culture, no rest, um, you know, chugging whatever caffeine we can, because we have to stay awake to do all the things that are on our to-do list that we're never going to finish, <laughs> chronically elevated levels of stress and the stress hormone cortisol are going to again, plummet your hormones. So this, if you can already tell, this becomes quite the balancing act between cortisol and our adrenals versus our sex hormones and our thyroid hormones. I think I went over this a little bit in the first episode where all of the axes in the body play off of one another. So you have the HPA adrenal axis, the HPT thyroid axis, and the HPG gonadal axis, and they all have negative feedback loops and bounce off of one another. So if the APA excuse me, HPA axis and your adrenals are super taxed and cortisol is just like pumping out Cortisol is also going to slow down the sex hormone axis. It's also going to slow down the thyroid hormone axis. So stress takes number one priority in your body, because again, it's like that fight or flight. We are being chased by a tiger or, you know, a chainsaw massacre man, right? Like we're being chased. Actually this weekend we watched uh, with friends, Halloween ends with Mike Myers. And it was really funny because I was like, I don't really like scary movies. And she's like, my best friend was like, Uh, he walks. I'm pretty sure it's not that bad. Like he doesn't even, we were making jokes that he doesn't even run. But even so, if you're being chased by Mike Myers, your body is throwing everything it has, pumping glucose into the bloodstream to be used in the muscles and not focusing on anything else because getting you away and getting you safe is going to be number one priority. So unfortunately, you know, that stuff doesn't, I mean, well, fortunately that stuff doesn't happen now. We're not really being chased by Mike Myers or, or, uh, tigers or anything like that. Like they were back in the day. So now our stressors become sitting in traffic and being late for an appointment. They become financial stressors. And how am I going to pay this bill this month or do this this month? They become like kids and just no downtime and no alone time. We have that high cortisol pumping out because we're just constantly stressed. So if we stay in this chronic elevation, because we never allow ourselves time to come down. This is where we will again, continuously see downregulation of our sex hormones and, you know, all the other hormones our thyroid hormone, et cetera, that are responsible for our metabolism, how calories are burned, how things are broken down and how they are used in the body. So we don't want this. We need to take rest again, like yes, rest days from the gym, but also you need some time for pausing and reflection. You need some downtime. You need some time to just like escape, even if it's three to five minutes where you just go in a dark room or close the door and just breathe and close your eyes. Breath work is amazing. Listening to music. Uh, this is where you find like your creative outlet. If it's not yoga or journaling or meditation or anything like that, find a creative outlet like music or painting or writing notes, um, poetry, or just something where you can get into like this flow state where you can take your mind off of the craziness and put it towards something where you're solely focused on that. For me, I did painting for a little bit. I love music and I can sing and especially songs that I can sing and especially songs that I know the whole words to, like all the words to, because if you are belting out in a not good voice, I might add, all the words to a song, you can't really think of other things because you're focused on the song and the words. So that's the point is to clear your mind and only think of one thing and get into more of a flow state 
so that you're not constantly worried about the other stuff, the background noise. So stress management here is so, so, so crucial because even if you are leading a stressful life and you know, you're in the middle of a deadline or I have some clients who are accountants, so they're in the middle of, of tax season, you can bring down and balance that stress response by going for a walk out in nature, putting your feet in the grass and grounding yourself, just doing like five rounds of box breathing. You can Google it. Um, it's really helpful for shifting into parasympathetic activity. Uh, doing any like vagal nerve stimulating activity, like singing and activating the vagus nerve will help turn on parasympathetic activation. Um, actually, I just thought of the vagus nerve like randomly and said that. So I'm going to look up some, I'm going to look up some vagal nerve stimulation techniques that I can just give you guys really quick because it's super interesting for how it helps anxiety and the, the stomach, like IBS and, and everything like that. It's crazy. So let's see the, the, the vagus nerve massage. So you could do massage behind the ear since a branch of the vagus nerve actually travels near that area and tugging down on the ear stimulates the vagus nerve. So, I mean, you guys can Google this too, to read everything, but you could do a massage vagal nerve tapping is gently drumming your thymus point or the midpoint of your chest. This is known as the happiness point. Cool. You can tap here with your pointer and index finger for about 20 seconds or longer if it feels good and focusing on your breath, deep breathing. So this is the breath work that really works. Humming, singing, or gargling. Okay. I didn't know about the gargling, but humming I did. That's why they do like a lot of humming or the ohms in, in yoga and all of that stuff. Singing activates the vagal nerve, progressive muscle relaxation, relaxation, and exercise. Well, we know exercise, but just not too much, right? So those are some things you guys can try to stimulate the vagus nerve to counteract some of the stressful things going on in the body and get out of fight or flight. We want to get out of the sympathetic nervous system and transition into the parasympathetic nervous system for resting and digesting, not just fight or flight. So something else that we really want to focus on, which is going to be number four here is sleep. So if you are sleeping less than six hours per night, and I would even argue seven hours per night you are driving up cortisol in the body and also throwing off hunger hormones, which are going to throw off other hormones. And if our, you know, we're not sleeping enough and our cortisol is already high, we already know what happens in the body when our cortisol is high. I've gone over it numerous times at this point. So we really need to make sure we are getting adequate and proper amounts of sleep, not just like laying in bed and going to bed at 10 and then waking up at six and saying we got eight hours because you're probably not falling asleep right away. So we really want to, you know, if it takes you a half hour to go to bed, then you need to, or to fall asleep, then you need to go to bed at nine 30 so that you're asleep by 10 and then you wake up at six, right? So we're actually getting those eight hours. I would say no less than eight hours of sleep. If you are a new mom, listen, I understand you're in like a subcategory of your own and we're just in survival mode at this point. It's kind of all you can do. There is nothing. There are no tips. I'm not here to talk to you about like, sleep training your babies or how to get them to sleep longer. I know nothing about sleep training, so I'm not going to pretend that we do, but I do know it won't last forever. It's a season and you are not included in this category. <laughs> like I'm not going to sit here and say, well, try harder, ignore, you know, like that's not possible. Right. But sleep could be contributing to higher stress levels, which is why we'll need to balance them in other areas. So not under eating, not overtraining, right. 
focusing more on stress management techniques because we can't help the sleep component. So getting in eight hours of sleep for sure, especially if we're training intensely, all of the things. Otherwise that will lead to more stress on the body. Next is going to be smoking. I feel like this is a given, but we have to say it. And I don't even like have friends who smoke anymore, but smoking is obviously not healthy for you. It definitely messes up your estrogen and your testosterone. And when we have imbalances like that, you know, it is going to cause a lot of dysregulation. So no smoking guys. We just don't, we just don't smoke anymore. We're not cool. Smoking's not cool. Um, what else next is alcohol consumption. So I know I spoke about this. Um, I think I might've spoken about alcohol two weeks ago. This is why I shouldn't wait so long between episodes, especially if they're piggybacking off of each other, because I'm like, what did I talk about in that last episode? So alcohol consumption, I'm just going to go over it again, often takes the form of estrogen dominance in someone who has a lot of alcohol consumption. And estrogen dominance is not good because it can lead to a risk of serious like insulin resistant problems, liver disease problems, anxiety, malnutrition, things like that. So it can also lower testosterone. So we don't want this. We can have more weight gain here with estrogen dominance. So alcohol is also useless calories, which is part of the dietary episode and how we're, you know, we're not losing weight because we're taking in excess non-nutrient calories. So, um, we really want to focus on alcohol consumption. I know the healthy recommended intake is like one drink per day for women, but they're finding that that's not even great anymore. So really just like maybe out limiting alcohol to the weekend and not going on like a binging episode. I know for myself, I will drink maybe two times a week, maybe. And I have at most two drinks. So, you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to give it up, but just be mindful of, of, you know, how much alcohol you're consuming and how that is also impacting your hormones because it's not, it's not great. And a lot of women are already struggling with estrogen dominance So the fact that alcohol contributes to it, you know, just be very mindful of your consumption. Um, Next we have, oh, perfect. So the reason I was going to say, what's the reason why we're all estrogen dominant, but a lot of the reasons why you see a lot of estrogen dominance now is because there are a lot of endocrine disruptors. So endocrine disruptors are things that are going to disrupt our endocrine system. They're called endocrine disrupting chemicals or EDCs. For the purpose of this episode, I'm not going to get into all of them. I'm going to do a separate episode on that, but we really need to start paying attention to the types of products that we are using on our body, the types of products we are using to hold food and how that impacts the food that we are eating. And then the, also the food that we are eating. So For example, if you're using plastic food containers to store your food and you're putting those plastic Tupperware containers in the microwave and heating them up, that is not good. It's not good. Plastic is not good. Plastic is very high in endocrine disrupting chemicals like BPA. Now there's also some stuff out there that's like, well, you know, even the BPA plastic isn't really safe because yeah, it doesn't have BPA in it, but it has something else that might be worse because it's not regulated by the FDA you know, it's like a crapshoot nowadays. So plastic is not your friend in any form or capacity. This could really be messing with your hormones and causing estrogen to go up as well. Uh, next I would, well, and then think about it like, uh, wrappers on food, everything. I tried to do this with a friend one time I was talking to them and I was like, I want to give up plastic 
And then I noticed how much food was wrapped in plastic, literally everything. All the meat is wrapped in plastic with that cover plastic coating. Yeah, you can get it from the from the butcher or from the meat department and they put it in like brown paper bag, but I think they still wrap it in that plastic before. So it doesn't bleed through the brown paper bag, right? Or cereal comes in a cardboard box, but it's wrapped in plastic. Or uh, even the inside of most cans, like aluminum cans of vegetables or beans or soups is lined with like a BPA plastic or contains BPA. Uh, it's insane how much is covered in plastic. And I'm sitting here on the video, like looking at myself being like, oh my God, what else is like, everything is plastic. There was literally not one thing that I don't think was plastic. And then not to mention what we use on our bodies. So basically every bottle of shampoo, conditioner, lotion, toothpaste, uh, whatever is in a plastic container. I remember my Keurig had the plastic reservoir for the water. And then it came out through the plastic thing that it heated up. And then even the K cups are plastic. And I was like, ah, shit, <laughs> like I can't avoid this at all. What is going on? So I ended up, um, I have an Amazon storefront. I don't know if this is on it, but if it's not, I can, you know, you guys can shoot me a DM on Instagram and ask for it, but I bought a kettle. So an electric kettle that I freaking love and I use a kettle and a stainless steel French press. So I was like, well, I'm going to get rid of plastic here because, you know, I can at least avoid this and French press coffee is so much better. So I eliminated French press or eliminated plastic in my coffee, but I was like, okay, now we got to work on food. And this is really hard because even like steamed veggies, I love microwavable steamed veggies because they're so easy and microwavable like rice, all plastic, all plastic. So just be mindful of how much plastic you're using and how that can interfere with your body. So just get rid of plastic Tupperware, guys. That's the one thing I can definitely tell you. Get rid of it. Old cookware, like those nonstick pans, have endocrine disrupting chemicals in the nonstick portion. So I'd recommend stainless steel there or like the non, I forget what it's called. Is it a P PUFA or PFCs or something like that? This is why I'm going to do a whole episode and not just dive into little bits here, but those can have it. Um, another thing is a big one right now that I wanna mention, and it's gonna bum some people out, but phthalates are a huge endocrine disrupting chemical. Um, phthalates are the chemicals or the, the substances found in smelly products that give them their smell. They make the smell hang on. So if you think about perfume, if you think about laundry detergent, if you think about lotion, if you think about candles, candles are a big one, a big one. And not only is it with the phthalates and candles, but also the lead wicks. Lead wicks are not good, y'all. So if you are a candle junkie and you're burning a ton of candles and they're like the Bath and Body Works candles or Yankee candles, tons of EDCs in them, tons. So what I would recommend doing instead is looking for candles that are made with soy wax or coconut wax or something like that, some type of natural wax essential oils only essential oil smells are fine synthetic fragrance with phthalates not fine and then a non-lead wick that's what the candle junkie should look for if you are going to look for other products like shampoos conditioners lotions it will say on the bottle no phthalates look for those uh it still has a scent if you like scented things but it might be with essential oils or very much more natural fragrances than the um, you know, synthetic ones. 
And I do know, I dated this guy like years ago who was obsessed with laundry smells. So like he would get the really smelly detergent and then the really smelly like um, dryer sheets. And then he'd also get those like downy beads that you throw in to like make things smell even more. And all I can think about now is like, holy shit, how many phthalates were in that? How much endocrine? This is how my brain works now, guys. Like endocrine disrupting chemicals were in all of that. No, thank you. So perfumes and colognes aren't always great either because of the phthalates. So if you notice and you have like a really sensitive smell, sensitive nose, you get headaches or anything like that with smells, it could be because of the chemicals that are in the scents and things like that. So that's where I'm going to end on the EDCs for now. And then I'll pick that up in another episode. But these are really, really, really you know, important for impacting hormones. So cleaning products, everything, just look at what you're buying. And even if it costs like a dollar more for the product without phthalates, like in the long run, your hormones are worth more than saving like 60 cents or a dollar dollar on shampoo. Okay. I'm going to say that outright and not, not want that to come off as like ignorant or, or, arrogant or, or whatever, but it's true because the more EDCs you have, the more cancer causing chemicals we have. And we want to avoid that obviously at all costs, you know, like if you went back and you found out that you had some crazy health issue and it was related back to the use of plastics, wouldn't you sit there and be like, damn, I wish I would have like bought that stainless steel water bottle or something. Like I would totally go back and trade that out now. We don't want there to be a, I wish I could go back situation. We want to change that stuff now. So, uh, where am I on the, I can't even see how long I've been recording, but I wanted to keep this like a shorter episode, but these are other, the top eight reasons other than dietary of why your hormones could be messed up and how we need to fix those. So going back over them, it's not exercising at all. So make sure you're getting out there and exercising and moving, not staying sedentary Two, overtraining. So exercising too much and putting your body through too much. We need to have rest days, stress in general, and how you're reacting to stress and perceiving stress for sleep, smoking, alcohol, endocrine disruptors. Oh, and I barely, I kind of touched on this about sleep, but caffeine is also very stressful on the body. Like caffeine can be very taxing to the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands are what produce cortisol. Um, it can also, you know, caffeine can also help with, or not help the opposite of help. Wow. I'm recording this podcast at 6 PM. And normally by this time I've had a full, well, I have day of work and my brain is just mush. We got scrambled egg brain going up there, but too much caffeine can lead to sleep loss, digestive issues. If you know, you know, the joke about coffee and having to go to the bathroom after that energy levels over time, appetite changes, it can decrease your appetite. And then it can also spike your cortisol, especially on an empty stomach. So too much caffeine can also be a problem for your hormone health levels. So those are the top eight reasons, guys. I hope you learned something or I I could teach something in this episode. And I hope it wasn't just redundancy, but really, like I said, the point of these episodes is just to kind of give you the aha moment of like, okay, this is what I've been doing. This is where I can make the changes and wherever we can help and put out value for free is what I am here for. So thank you guys so much for tuning in another week. If you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple, if you guys would just like hit that 
you know, five-star rating for me or hit the rating or give me a review or something like that. I really, 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 really appreciate it. I want this podcast to keep going and growing and I want to hear from more of you so I understand the topics and the things you want to learn about because sometimes I can just get on here and ramble. You've heard it. I know you have. (laughs) So let me know what you think and what you'd like to learn more about. Share with me on Instagram. Come say hi on Instagram and I will see you guys next week. Ciao. Thank you.